We're gonna talk for just one hour. It's an hour, hour, hour of power. We're gonna have fun under the sun, even though the sun isn't shining outside. No, no, no. It isn't shining here either, brother. It is. It is. Apparently, Chicago had 11 straight days of gray, and that was a record. No sun, nothing. It got no, better this weekend. <laughs> I know. I was actually surprised. I actually thought that that's, uh, that didn't sound right. But I thought, I thought it was, when I was there, I thought it was six straight months of, <laughs> six straight months. Say that ten times fast. Six straight months. Of gray. Six straight months. Uh, yeah, 11 days seems like nothing. I mean, I feel like my whole winter existence there was just <laughs> gray and dark. Yes. Um, well. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was it was 70 degrees here yesterday. Oh my gosh. I know. I was walking outside without a shirt on. I mean, I had a shirt on without a sweater. Right. Wow. Uh it was I know. It was really nice yesterday. The the sun was definitely out the But today. Uh, but today. Yeah, it was tough. And it's cloudy all around the world today actually. <laughs> it's all <laughs> everywhere. It's just one giant cloud. cloud. It's true. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. It it makes an enormous difference and I can't I always forget because there have been there have actually been winters here that were brutally cold but the sun was out totally different game. Mm. Totally different game. If you if you don't have that I guess vitamin D producing uh thing, you re- you don't even I'm not I wasn't even aware at, at how much it was affecting me until the sun Do you came mean out. The, the vitamin D blue light? Lamp I, I or need like I need to bring it back out, kind of thing. Like I, I didn't, yeah. I haven't needed to use that in a while. But this has just been the grayest, hmm. not the coldest. The the yeah. the weather has been, the temperature has been great, <laughs> but it's been very, it's been very. I never had one of those those lamps. Uh, I, I probably should have plunked down for one. I don't I don't know how much they help or or don't help, but I know that I was brutally I would get depressed in September just you know at the thought of winter coming it was I was already in dread that's true that's true yeah yeah well we're gonna leave that dread behind we're gonna do a podcast <clears throat> today sure uh, uh it's a podcast called the Bivro show Colin the podcast and we're really happy that you are here everyone I'm really happy that you're here brother hey this thanks. is I'm happy you're here this is number 10 yeah, it's this our 10th anniversary <laughs> <laughs> of, of doing this podcast. Uh, the anniversary, of course, is just 10 episodes. But man, that is an accomplishment. We, you know, we still don't know what this podcast is about. We, we still are insecure about mm-hmm. what, what this is about or if it's about anything or whether it matters. We don't yeah. know. But, you know. Does anybody care? <laughs> Anybody out there? Does you know, anybody eat pears? <laughs> I don't um, like pears. But anyway, you don't yeah, like pears? I'm not. A, I'm not a huge pear fan. No. What about Bosque pears? They, I, I love. I love pears if they are soft. But so well, that's the only so, way to eat them. But I, I. So often they're not. They're not. If it's if it's a ripe, a f- perfectly ripe pear, then I'm into it. But yeah, you got to time it right. You got to time oh. it. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, right? Like you get them and they're hard and terrible. Yeah, yeah. But you can't you can't cut into it until it's you can indent it with your finger oh. or your thumb. Yeah, don't even if you can't press into it, don't bother. Put it back. 
Okay. Put it back in the bowl. Oh. But once you do, but don't, and you can't let it go too far because right. then it just becomes exactly kind of mushy and it's like avocado. Sticky. Yes. Yeah. It's like a one day uh, yeah, window. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I feel like that your your sweet spot is narrower, a little bit narrower, and okay. you don't. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but I love pears. pears. <clears throat> okay. Love pears. I'll check out some pears. Bosque, uh, try start with a Bosque pear. It's okay. My, <laughs> it's my recommendation to you. <laughs> I will try uh, it. But yeah, so so okay, so pears, uh, but <laughs> so pears. Yeah, well, sorry. Where, where were you? You were saying that we were feeling insecure about yeah. that we don't know what this show is about, and right. we really don't. Uh, and, and when you look out on the world of uh, people who are podcasting and making videos, and God, there's just an endless stream of stuff that no one ever has any time to watch or pay attention to. Yeah, you go, gosh, what? Does anybody care? Yeah. Um, I recently have uh, been nerding out hard you on have. people who are doing it correctly. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm, if you're a nerd, you've probably heard of Critical Role. Uh, it's been around since 2015. And uh, in case you don't know what it is, um, it is a. Uh, it's a. It's. I guess it was. It was on. It used to be on a website called Geek and Sundry, which I don't know yeah. that much about. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know about you know about that? I okay. do. I do. Yeah, uh, Felicia Day's sort of. Uh, oh, was that her thing? Yeah, that was Felicia Day's oh. thing. It, it, I mean, oh, okay. it's still around. So, it, okay. yeah, she kind okay. of started this, this sort of empire of nerd. Nerd. I like Felicia Day. I really do. She's fun. She's yeah. not really a part of it. Apparently, she's right. done. She's guested on it. Okay. Um, but and and now 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 that they've gotten quite popular, there's they've got Will Wheaton and all the mega nerds, right. who, and even like some people who you wouldn't really think is. Uh, is into this, which we haven't actually established what this is yet, but I, right. I will. Um, like Joe Mengiello, is that am I saying that right? The guy from True Blood, like the oh. the werewolf beefcakey, really, you know, action action here. Yeah. Anyway, what it is 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 it's a group of, of voice actors who do anime, and video games, and uh, stuff, you know, cartoons, things of that nature, and um, they were all getting together on Thursday night. Um, to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they just decided to start filming it. And there's not a whole lot to it. There's no editing. They do it, you can go live still to this day, twitch.tv slash critical role, I guess, and you can see it live, um, or you can just watch. I mean, there's so much content. It is, I mean, it's all, it's kind of too much because it's, I think it's like three hours per episode right. that they'll play for. And, but it's really, it's just people playing D&D they're not, you know, they're fun, but they're not like wearing costumes or overly performing. It's just people, just people playing D and right. I will say that Matt Mercer, the the guy who was the dungeon master, is exceptionally good mm. at what he's done. He's a very fun, very good DM. So anyway, it's just been super nostalgic for me. Yeah, and and also kind of a little bit of good prep because I'm trying to put together a D and D game uh, here. Yeah. Uh, uh, here at, at home, and I—it's kind of reminded me how you play, <laughs> right? Um, which I, you know, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's literally been probably over thirty years since I've have played Dungeons and Dragons. So, anyway, I look at these people and I think, God, they're doing it right. They were just—they're doing something. They're just friends, yeah, who get to who are getting together anyway, right, to do something that is fun and that they love to do, and now it is their job. Yes. 
and they work too and they all are like successful voice actors so they you know but but this weird thing that they did on thursday nights is now a cottage industry for them and um anyway that's i have i have faith that we will come up with that thing that we will find that thing i also i don't mind just sort of figuring it out I mean, I would love to know right now exactly what Bivro's show, the podcast, is all about. I really would, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm the one who's editing them, so I know that I know these. I know these episodes intimately, and I certainly enjoy listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I listen back to them as well, and, and I also do too. But of course, we are biased. But we are biased um, because, <laughs> because it's us. Because it's us. Uh, uh, and we think that we are extremely interesting, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently, that's that's what we think. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, we'll figure it out as we go along. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. if you're there and you're listening right now, thanks for tuning in because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. But um, but we're going to just try to have fun anyway. Yeah, we're going to have fun. Uh, we, I, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to talk about things. This is number 10, and I feel like today we're just going to – Instead of having a big celebration or coming up with something wacky and crazy, we're just going to sort of share some things that you and I have been into lately and enjoying. Do you want to start us off? I certainly could. Well, <laughs> why don't you? I shall. Uh, so I have, I've been working very hard uh, since January. I didn't really, uh, really did, I really haven't taken a, a break. And I... I'm okay with that because I think that the energy that I'm spending right now is going to pay off soon. I'm, you know, as I've mentioned, I'm preparing for this theater conference in Louisville where I'm going to sort of, it's sort of caption points coming out party, right? It's (laughs) of, it's only four of us, but to us, it's the coming out party, whether people notice or not. Do you need to explain to what caption point is? Caption point is... Caption Point is a, a service that provides captioning for theaters and live events uh, for the deaf and hard of hearing. And we know that every theater is completely different, that every space is different. And so the difference in t- between what we do and, and someone else is that we, we care about what you need specifically. Do you have one television that you're going to display captions on? Do you really need for the patrons to have mobile devices to watch the captions as the as the play is uh, performed? Do you have two TVs? What 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 does your theater <laughs> do? You know, it, it could be all these different kinds of things. And 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 you want My to theater grow. is is more of a <clears throat> kind of a silent conceptual experience. <laughs> is a theater people... of your mind? People sit, but they don't face the stage, and those who are on the stage say nothing and mean nothing. Yeah. Well, Dada's theater is, is coming back, and, and we, have, we have a plan for you. We, we can help you caption for yeah. the Devon Heart of Hearing. The captioning for that would look like um, ellipses. <laughs> yeah, it would. Just sound effects. Just sound yeah. effects. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, we, so 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 that's a so that's a that's a that's a lot about Caption Point. You guys yeah. are leading the charge for accessibility in live theater for for the deaf and hard of hearing. Yeah, um, and so you've been working hard January and now into February, uh, uh, gearing up for uh, the Southeastern Theater Conference. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which, what are you going to do there? You're going to set up a booth and tell people what Caption Point is about and um, possibly in, in a, in a uh, you know, as you're going to possibly do some captioning in your booth. Yes. So we show people. Exactly. We, uh, we, we spent all of last week really c- coming up with all these different things because we, I've, this is, that's the coming out party part of this is that I, I've just never put all of this stuff together. So it's a big, it's a big step. So we have this 10 by 10 space that we will be for, it'll be open for three days of this conference. And this conference is, has been around for decades and decades. It's, it is a, a theater conference. Apparently there are plenty like different ones all over the, the country. And this one is from the Southeast and they, it's, it's high school students, college kids, it's regional theaters, it's all the schools and universities, it's people who are selling things like lights and sound, it's, it's workshops, it's presentations, it's just kind of everything theatrical jammed into this, you know, four-day conference. Uh, how much how much cosplay will there, will there be? Uh, well, we're we're going to be in, you know in full gear. So two. Okay. Two so people. caption point will be representing two people. Two yeah. two people. Wonder how how many people attend the conference total? Do you think? I, that's a good question. A lot. A lot. Uh, I, yeah. 10, I think ten thousand. Maybe eighty thousand. Eh, probably closer to the ten thousand mark, and I could be w- completely wrong about that, but. I think it's so a math, pretty math nerds thing. do the math two people out of 10,000. Yeah. What's the percentage <laughs> of that? That's how many people will be representing the cosplay. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, I don't know what kind of, uh, I have been to SETC and as, as a young, younger man, I don't remember much about it except that it was just, you know, a lot of theater. Jump did nerds. something like that. We right? did back in the day. Yeah. Um, our band, for those of you who, who, who listen to this, but don't know about jump little children, our band, <laughs> Did we do um, that? probably nobody. Um, <laughs> we didn't, it wasn't SETC, but it was some kind of <clears throat> Southeast, uh, college conference where yeah. you would go where colleges come and they kind of, uh, you see, they see bands that they want to book for their upcoming, uh, year yeah, and, uh, at college for college shows, which we used to like to do because they pay you very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how they find them. So yeah, cons. So, so we did a con, the Japan did a con. You're doing a con. I, I love to go to cons. Yes. Uh, you're actually going to miss a great one while you're at SETC here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, the one and only C2E2, right. which uh, I haven't been to in years and I would love to go. The aforementioned critical role will be there. Right. Yeah. I miss all the cons, except for the con yeah. I'm going to. Yeah. We're going okay. to, we're going to be in this booth and, and Allison and I are going to perform a three minute scene every hour or so, every couple of hours, maybe. The same scene or different scenes? I think the same scene, unless yeah. we get Is crazy. The one from Pulp Fiction? <laughs> the, 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 the musical? <laughs> Pulp Fiction, the musical? <laughs> Currently, the forerunner of the the choice of scenes is a is a little is a little uh, section of the Big Lebowski, because the that movie really means a lot to Louisville. We've we've discovered oh, really yeah. why uh, somebody started something called speaking of cons uh, Lebowski Fest in Louisville, 
and it has grown and grown and grown and grown. And, grown. and so, mm. for some reason, the Big Lebowski people just big... show up as the dude. And no, that's and cosplay. Get... There's tons of cosplay there. Oh, so... sure. Grab a white Russian. Yeah. Grab a, and then, I mean, I I, I imagine Nihilist. the people representing the most are the dudes and and, and maybe Jesus. Jesus, the, probably the, the nihilists. The Jesus. Yeah. Oh, right, the nihilists, right. Uh, sure. Oh, well, okay. and, 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 you know, the cowboy, what, uh, Sam, he's a striking... Sam, Donald, Sam Donaldson. Sam. <laughs> Sam Donaldson, the cowboy. Yeah, yeah, television personality, Sam Donaldson, uh, reporter and cowboy. So we're going to do the scene, and our, uh, our three or four minute scene is going to be captioned. And so we're really excited. It's going to be strange. Maybe people will love it. Maybe people will just be freaked out or make fun of us or I don't know, but we're just going to, we're just going to spread the word of accessibility because not only is it, is it just something that you, people should do, but soon, if not already, they don't already know it. It's something that you will have to do by law. So, um, giving people... Yeah, giving people uh, an avenue in which to do that is um, they're you know whether they realize it or not they're gonna they're gonna need it they're gonna need it. You have done some beautiful work to help us prepare. There's a lot of preparation still. I have to kind of get the elevator pitch down to a more comfortable, memorized way. We came up with yeah. We I think we we had gotten to like the 45th floor by the time you were done with your spiel a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) We were going to the penthouse. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you'll you'll need to tighten that up. I'll tighten up the elevator (laughs) pitch. Uh, And uh, you've you've designed some beautiful uh, postcards and the banner and some business cards. So. I'll be excited. Yeah, well, to pass I wanted you out. to go there. I mean, it'd be cool to have your own banner. You're gonna hang in your own booth. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a tip from that I that I read from people who who table. It's called tabling. In yep. case you didn't know, in, uh-huh. in con par- parlance, mm. um, <laughs> specifically for for people at, in the artist alleys of of comic cons around the nation, the nation and the world, I suppose. Uh, when you're tabling, you want to do as much as you can to make your booth stand out from everybody else's. So of course, having a colorful, clear, engaging banner that tells people who you are, of course, that's something that you need. But one other thing that, that people do is they just, whether it's pixie lights, Christmas lights, or stuff that just helps it kind of pop out from what everybody else is doing, yeah. like decorate your, decorate your place within your, you know, you're going to have an allotted square footage. Yep. Um, so most people at, 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 you know, in artist alleys are selling their artwork or their, you know, whatever stuff that they've made. So, you know, they, they try to create walls and separate themselves visually from other people, which you may not have to do that, but, um, don't, don't be afraid to bring some bling yeah. and, uh, uh, really make it s- pop. I've, as I've, they say. I've got the right team for that. I'm not afraid. You got a, you got a hot popping team. I got a <laughs> hot pocket team. Yeah, team. Hot I love hot, hot pockets. Yeah. Hot pockets. Uh, from the forty-fifth floor, <laughs> from the forty-fifth floor, I say. All of that being said, I have been sort of nose to the ground grindstone since the new year, and a let up after after SETC. But I have sort of taken a, a day here to try to you know relax in the evenings. 
Lindsay and I have discovered a new television show called The Outsider. Oh, it is I a it's good. yeah. It's real good. It's really really good. It's on HBO, which cuts a lot uh, out for some people, but it is a Stephen King novel, mm-hmm. which is usually not a great thing. And it can he, it can go either way, especially if it's newer. Yeah, especially one of the, it is a newer novel, and it is. Uh, you know, it, it's an adaptation of a newer novel, but there, you know, of course, it, you know, he's famous for his endings falling apart, but, and I've not read the book, but so far Le- it Elise is. read the book. Oh, she did. What'd she think? Yeah. Uh, I think she liked it. Yeah. When I mentioned the show to her, she, I don't think she was ex- excited about the book to the point where she was like, Ooh, can't, Oh, we got to watch that. Oh. So, yeah. Um, and it's, but it's unusual that she would even read Stephen King to begin yeah. with. Yeah. I was yeah. kind of surprised about that. But it is I, – I can already tell that they, are, they have done a better job of adapting it than he normally does in, in currently for, writing. For TV. His, yeah, his, yeah. His most – TV track record's not – Oh, not it's, it's horrific, but – but the the thing about Stephen King circa, you know, for the last 10, 15, 20 years probably, is that he's still writing beautifully. He still he still has the thing that that draws you in and the characters that you love and love to hate. And he's so good at like the creep factor. But one thing that he has just <laughs> given up on is trying to remain uh, modern, current, all of his mm. characters, he he still sets them to be you know in their forties, but <laughs> they're forty year olds that for some reason have been technologically uh, absent for the last <laughs> thirty years. So they still yeah. talk about fifties songs and and tell like it, it, he's just it, it's so obvious that it's a seventy five almost eighty year old man writing yeah, yeah. you know and yeah. so that's yeah. i i keep you know i've read a couple of his newer books and I'm like why wouldn't an editor catch this right and say something say yeah i mean i guess they're afraid they're afraid that that stephen king will fire them which would be a bad you know loss of a gig anyway the they've they've not they've modernized this this show and it's uh so far it's really exciting Okay, I love Ben Mendelsohn, and who's the other star? Uh, Oh, it's Jason Bateman. Well, yes, he's actually the he's the director of a lot of them, and sort of the he's the producer, and he's so it's really Jason Bateman. Mm, Yeah, he's in the. I can't give anything away, but he uh, he's yeah he's he is a lot of this. This must be a a passion project for him because he's. He's very, very involved. He's, you know, I, did you ever see the movie The Gift? Not, mm. not, not the, um, uh, the, the movie with oh, what's her face from uh, the Australian beauty. Uh, she was Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. Kate, uh, Kate Blanchett. Blanchett, yeah. Um, did you ever see that movie? No, not so I, not I, that I, one. But there's I, another movie called The Gift okay. with Jason Bateman. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that sounds familiar. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. It's a really great thriller. Oh, but it, it was I the have, first time that I I'd seen I him. It. Yeah, yeah, it's I super have. good. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I'd seen him in something very creepy. Yeah. And you know, I thought, oh wow, he's he can be more than than just 
you know, kind of in silly, goofy comedies. Uh, he was not that he was, um, he was personally particularly creepy in it, but it was the whole story was, was anyway. He's fantastic. Um, He's just fantastic. He, uh, where's, where's Justine these days? You know, where, that's a great question. Yeah. She, she showed up on a couple of episodes of, uh, of the Arrested Development. Of, of Family Ties? <laughs> <laughs> she showed up on a couple of episodes of Family Ties. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, was she on? I didn't remember her I being think she on was. Arrested was Development. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. It's been years since I've seen it. Uh, well, that's cool. So Outsiders, you're into that. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to convince Elise to, to go in on that. It's fun. It's, uh, well, it's, it's not. It's, it's really, it's good. So we, we are excited. It's, you know, the, it's, not a, it's not a stream. It's not a um, uh, all at once. Yeah. What do yeah, you they, call they that? Release it. It's got to be a name a, for. A binge show. A, a binge show. It's not a binge show. Right. It's, not right. a, it's not a binge watcher. It's a, yeah. it's a. They release it every week. Oh, that's how HBO does it. Yeah. Um, if you like Ben Mendelsohn, you might. I didn't necessarily love the whole series, but I did really like the first season of a show called Bloodline. Okay. Uh, it was the first time I really had become aware of him. Uh, he's Australian, P.S., which you yes. may have known. But, I, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't know that when I first was watching Bloodline, and I was just shocked. Uh, he plays it's it's about this this family in in Southern Florida who is real messed up, mm. <laughs> and he's kind of the most messed up of them, um, but also the most sympathetic character as well. Uh, he's it's just watching him go is kind of amazing. He's great. The subsequent seasons of it weren't as engaging, but uh, that first one is pretty good. So okay. if you like him a lot, check that out. I do like him a lot, so that that could be making the list and. Uh, so there's that that we've been doing. And then the other thing that I kind of am excited to, to mention is that our friend Lucy Carpetian, Carpetian, mm-hmm. uh, is got, got a few, a few episodes of Fargo or a few scenes on the upcoming Fargo. Oh, nice. Uh, it's set Which in the filming in, in Chicago. In Chicago. Yes. And wow. we found cool. this out the other night and, and. Because I'm already excited. I, I got the scoop from from his uh, his sometime drummer uh, Kevin O'Donnell that Andrew Bird <clears throat> is going to be in the show. I've heard <laughs> that actually in the show as a character. Uh, and and Kevin said that that you know it was of course a new experience because Andrew Bird is not typically an actor, but that he's he's going to be playing a. Uh, like a mortician sort of character, possibly, and so that you know what it reminds me of. <laughs> it makes me think of um, oh gosh, man, I'm the worst with using my brain for references. Uh, Lyle Lovett, you know how Lyle Lovett yes. was in movies. He's <laughs> yes. just weird. He's just weird yes. in himself. Yeah, it's it's got to be like that, right? It could be. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the idea. Is that the director who I love? God, I love Fargo so much. I love that guy so much. I can't remember his name, the director right now, but I still haven't seen the season with Ewan McGregor. Oh, I've only great. seen two, two two seasons. I've God, seen the. I know, I know. I, it, well, it wasn't on Hulu, right, um, for the longest time, and I haven't gone back to check. Go treat yourself. Uh, but but we okay. Well, we we loved those first two seasons. I, I especially liked the one that was set in the uh, in the seventies. Yeah. Um, oh so yeah. That that guy. What's that dude's name? The guy who kind of played her dad as a young man. 
Anyway, yep. he's great. Yeah, a lot of people we don't know. We don't know. Welcome to the Bivit. So, the Biv so but Lucy, show. Lucy Carpeggian, our yeah. good friend and, and a, a fine lady and a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to be in the show. She's got some episodes. She's got a, she's got an episode or two. They you raising know, her profile. Yes, she apparently they she came and she did one scene or something and then they asked her back again and then they're having her back again I think sometime this week even wow. so you know I'm, I, she says she, she says it's not a huge role of course but she showed a picture of of her outfit and and, and looks like it looks like fun I uh, I for those of you who watch Fargo I'm kind of we were trying to figure out what era I mean it's, it's, the, it's set in the 50s so who who is it related to because you can watch Fargo completely out of order. There's no, you know, season to season, it's a completely different cast, a completely different concept, um, a different story. But there's always one or two threads, right? You know, throughout the entire. So the, you know, for example, the the cop that you just mentioned, they they go back in time and they show uh, uh, Tom Tom Hanks' son as as the cop and. And then he's having the daughter that is in the first season who's grown up. And, you know, it, it, there's like a thread going on. So we're thinking the 50s, who who will it be this time? Who will the focus be mm. on the family? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I think, I think that, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. good on you, Luce. Good on you, Luce. So that'll, that'll be a fun you. season. That'll be a fun season to watch of a show that, that we really, really genuinely love. Yeah, and when does that come out? I think I, I think it's this year. Yeah, yeah, probably, uh, probably soon. Yeah. Maybe in the spring. Yeah, summer. I think they they crank oh, it out, or in the fall. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Great. <laughs> right, what else? Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, those are the kind of those are three big things in my in my life. Got a okay. Feel pretty good about it. Feel pretty good okay. about it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I I've been, um, what have I been doing? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't been working on a singular project the way that you have. Um, uh, instead, I've been I've been uh, feeling lots of freelancer panic, which we will maybe discuss freelancer panic <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in a in a Bivens Brothers creative special podcast. But um, if you're a freelancer out there, I don't need to explain that. You already know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, to distract myself from from said feelings of panic and terror, uh, uh, I finally finished something that I started in December when, when we all got Disney Plus, uh, which was uh, I'd set out to uh, watch all the MCU uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in chronological order rather than in, in uh, order of release. And um, and so that was an accomplishment. That was like 20-some films wow. uh, that I watched uh, while we were on tour and then once I got home just you know eating during lunch or whenever I could sneak a few minutes in. And uh, so I had my top three favorites and I have my bottom three least favorites. Um, and I'll just – I'll hit you up with those. Please, if you're interested. Yeah, I, I am. Okay. I'm first. I'm, I have to say, I'm fascinated. I'm I'm so impressed <laughs> that you have been able to accomplish that feat. <laughs> I know it's a it, fun it was, feat, but it's it's also it's also a lot. It's also a lot. 
It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it was actually more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, some of the movies I'd already seen multiple times, so yeah. I, I was, you know, not necessarily needing to go and watch it one more time. Sure. Uh, there were a couple that I actually did skip, so I cheated because okay. they don't have – uh, currently, they don't have Black Panther or Ant-Man and the Wasp available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, uh, I'd also seen both of those very recently, so um, I didn't feel like I needed to. Sure. So I just pretended that I saw them. Okay. Uh, I forget. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Thanks. I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, there was some that I was looking forward to giving a second chance. Yeah. Um, some surprised me um, and some – you know, in, in a good way, and some surprised me in a bad way. Interesting. Uh, there was only one movie that I had, I had not seen, um, which was Spider-Man Far From Home, so I finally saw that. Um, right. I don't think that any of my choices are particularly controversial. I'd say most people uh, might share, or a lot of people might share them. Uh, for my top three, I'd say number three was, was Endgame. Uh, Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I was still, even seeing a second second time, I was so impressed with how how beautifully they stuck the landing, how much acting there was in it, uh, and of course, alongside lots of spectacle uh, and all the you know the fighting and the you know epicness that you would expect in a you know a movie like that. But so much acting, right? Uh, which is just so unusual for, for movies like this. Um, so that, that, that still held up, I think probably the best of all the Avengers movies. And I still love, uh, the only real clunker of the Avengers movies is age of Ultron, which is just not very good. Right. Um, uh, civil war is probably, I guess is my number two pick. Mm -hmm. Um, and it may be for no other reason that I, I remember coming out of the theater, uh, seeing it for the first time and I was just like giddy, like a, I was just a kid again, like seeing all those people on screen, uh, was just, it was so much fun. and so, so exciting. Uh, and it's still, still held up. Uh, yeah. I think not a lot of people would choose that one necessarily. And I'm sure there's others that are just as good, um, that, that I could swap out with that one. Black Panther's amazing. Um, yeah, there's lots, there's lots of other good choices, but that that uh, I'll slot. go with that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then number one, I think just sheer quality wise, and uh, is Winter Soldier, and I think that's pretty that's pretty wide, widely held thought as well. So no no real surprises there. Uh, just the writing of it, um, the fact that it really is more of a political thriller than a superhero movie, yeah, uh, is pretty fantastic. Uh, it does get a little bogged down in the you know when you get into the plot line of like oh wait they're using these giant helicarriers to kill thousands of people all at once. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? It gets a little, you know, silly Bond movie at that point. But, uh, you know, that's at the very end. And at that point, you're like, well, who, who cares? Right. Right. <laughs> anyway, so th those are my top three. And then my bottom three uh, are, um, I'd say, uh, Thor the Dark, coming into number three, sure. Thor the Dark World. It's not bad. It's just boring. It's it's still it didn't it didn't get any better. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it didn't get any worse, but it definitely didn't get any better. It's super boring. Um, I had not seen it since the theater, and it's it's just boring. So, yeah. um, and then number coming in at number two, uh, my second least favorite was uh, Captain Marvel. Uh -huh. 
again, boring. It's just boring. I, I hated how they framed the story that she didn't have her memory. Uh, it's such an interesting character and there's so much awesome stuff you can do with Carol Danvers and they just did none of it right. in my opinion. And, um, you, you know, if you, if the character doesn't know who she is, how are we supposed to know who she is? And uh, at, at that point, an analogy I liked to make was I, I similarly at that point, I thought Ant-Man and Captain Marvel were kind of on the same par as far as not the best Marvel movies, um, not the worst maybe, but not the best. And uh, but the difference is with Ant-Man in the first five minutes, you know who Scott Lang is, right? right. He's an ex-con who loves his kid and he'll do anything for her. Yeah. And you're like, great. I love you, Scott Lang. I'm in. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course it's Paul Rudd. So you're going to love him kind of, you just sit there and read the phone book or whatever. You're going to love it. Yeah. Um, I don't really know Brie Larson from anything else. Um, she, there's something very stiff about her in, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, but they didn't do her any favors with her character, not knowing who she was. Um, you know, they gave her nothing to really chew on. And so, uh, that's the difference. You don't know who Carol is. She doesn't know who she is. And how can, how do you care about that? So anyway, Captain Marvel, not the best, but then my number one, it's, it's probably not the worst movie, but it personally hurt me the most because I was looking forward to it the most, um, of in this whole rewatch of the cinematic universe, which is Spider-Man far from home. Mm. Um, again, boring, but, but my biggest, there was some neat parts of it, like how they handled Mysterio and that was kind of fun, but the stakes felt incredibly low to me yeah. or, and, or just contrived and manufactured. Um, but my number one pet peeve, and they've had two movies to, to get it right. And they still haven't, um, is the character of Spider-Man. Now I, I, and that's huge when <laughs> the movie is called Spider-Man and they just, <laughs> in my opinion, they have not nailed it. And I, I, okay. I accept that this Peter Parker is not the Peter Parker I grew up with. This is the Peter Parker for this young generation. So they've got to make him relatable to that. It's not the same person, but, and that's fine. That's great. In fact, except his humor, his humor is kind of the key ingredient. Yeah. Peter is, really funny, especially when he puts on the mask. It's a, it's a nervous habit that he talks too much and he cracks jokes and he's, it's, that's what makes him so much fun. Right. Yeah. Beyond his super cool powers. Um, that, that, and it's not just that he's fun and funny and it's whimsical. It's also because Peter is actually a character who's suffered great loss and hardship and he still manages to always find the silver lining, always find the joke, always come out on top, no matter what is thrown at him. Yep. And that is a deep, deep part of that character. I've never seen them do it in a live action movie correctly, never. Um, probably probably a little bit closer in the Tobey Maguire movies, not at all in the uh, – Andrew Garfield movies. I mean, his humor in that is just like snide and gross. Like he's a sarcastic brat. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's not really funny at all in these movies, uh, in the, in the Tom Holland films, he's, he's nervous. He's a nervous, awkward teen, which that's fine. That's also part of who Peter is, but he's not translating that into being funny. Right. And, and that is Peter's defense mechanism. So that's a big, big missing component. Um, 
which just doesn't draw me in. Uh, the second and more technical nerdy thing is that in neither film have they addressed his spidey sense correctly, which is arguably his number one power. Like he's he's fast, he can stick to walls, uh, you know. But the thing that makes him uh, be able to dodge bullets, uh, you know, escape danger, it's this spider sense, right? Yeah. So uh, in the first movie, they don't really address it at all. I think in Avengers Infinity War, there's a scene where his uh, his the hair on his arms kind of stand up. Right. Um, and then in this film, they they do go into his Peter Tingle spoilers, mm-hmm. um, but they it's almost it, it's for me it was it felt like an afterthought like well ooh, we gotta address this but they didn't give it its importance. Instead, they relied heavily on again high tech suits. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. His relationship with Tony Stark, which his relationship with Tony Stark is definitely the most interesting part of these films. Um, and I think that's fun and it's a good connection to the rest of the universe. But it's just taking, in my opinion, it's just taking so much away from who Peter is as a hero. Yeah. Not just his powers. It's like this is this is a part of him. And, and, and if the story were him trying discovering it, and it was really pointed towards that, then then I would that's I would watch that. Right. But it, it really felt like a throwaway, like, ooh, you gotta don't forget about your Peter Tingle at the end. So it just it's it's I just feel like they're not nailing it. And it's way it's so much more obvious that they're not nailing it when you look over at Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and they're crushing it. Right. Right. It's right. so funny, so heartwarming. It's it's everything about not just Peter, but Peter and Miles is they just get they get it yeah. so hard. And so when you see that and you're looking back at these Tom Holland films, you're like, what are you guys missing? Why is this so hard? Right. So I don't because I, it clearly can be done. Um, anyways, well, I, I so, just, that, so it's not that it's the worst movie, but it's the biggest disappointment for sure. me. Sure. Um, it's, I just want to interject real quick. The interesting thing about the interesting thing about this, I didn't think about this until you just mentioned it. <laughs> there is an example of doing it well and having fun with it, and that has been the Iron Man movies. That has been Tony Stark, and I don't oh, know. How, I don't know yeah. how much of that is uh, the the acting and the choices that the actor. Um, yeah, maybe you know, Thomas is not a funny guy. It yeah. could be. I see. I I like I like Tom Holland. I really I want him to win. I want him to succeed as uh-huh. Spider Man. But you are totally correct about this humor thing. And yet Robert Downey Jr. can do it like over and over and over under his breath, like stuff that I just don't. I don't think probably people wrote. I I it's it just I, I would it, imagine. You, you just saw them, but it does feel fresh and improvised and weird. It it, it feels the way it should be, and it's, I, 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 yeah. Well, he is doing. He's doing. So, for people who weren't fans of of these characters uh, in the comic books, prior to Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr., the character of Tony Stark, he had never been funny in the comics. He was not right. written to be funny. He was no. kind of a, a dour. Uh, brooding alcoholic, yep. you know, like tortured, yes. more of a tortured type character than a funny playboy. So they, 
they definitely reinvented that. And now he is like he's that's how he's portrayed in the comics now. That's yes. how he's written now. Right. But, but before that movie, he wasn't. And so I would I'd say you're right. That probably is almost you know certainly Robert Downey Jr.'s influence uh, and just natural comedic timing. Um, and, but but the, what's funny now that you bring that up is that I feel like they've tried to interject that throughout their movies, especially having seen them all again. Um, they what they're realizing uh, you can you can see them experimenting with things, right? Yes. Um, they, Thor was okay. Thor two was boring. Thor three worked because it's hilarious, mm -hmm. right? So comedy is something that they've discovered again and again when they find the right equation really works. Um, even it, to the point where they even put it, you know, try to make Dr. Strange a character who is, you know, kind of joking around and kind of basically doing a little bit of what Tony Stark is doing. Like you're kind of giving him that kind of attitude, you know, and, uh, and I think for a couple of different reasons. Number one, because, like I said before, they've discovered that comedy works. Number two, um, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame yet <laughs> and you don't know how that works out, I'm about to spoil it for you. Uh, <laughs> now that now that Iron Man and Captain America are off the board, they're replacing them with new archetypes, or, or rather they're replacing these archetypes with new uh, new people. So, mm -hmm. uh, Tony is gone. So, uh, <clears throat> Dr. Strange is the new arrogant, funny, uh, smart guy. And, um, Captain Marvel is the new, uh, you know, soldier with a, you know, a true heart. Uh, she's going to replace Cap. So they're, they're replacing these archetypes with these new characters for the next phase. And part of that is the humor, but the, but what you're saying is, is so right and so weird is the character from the beginning who's always been written with a sense of humor is Spider-Man. And he is not funny. He's not funny. He's uh, not funny. It's so weird. Why? Why? He's the guy. Well, okay, let's go back to one thing. Thor's you, not funny? No, well, I know, but here's the thing. Going back to what you said, it's, it's, not, that, it's not that the comedy works. I mean, yes, they... Those movies that were written by comedic minds tended to do better because they were better written and more interesting. Also, the actors that could handle those those lines, I mean, Hem Helmsworth is extremely funny. He's a he's a yeah he's he, very funny. He's a very funny man, and he was able to pull that off. So they brought someone in. You could easily write a not funny comedy easily. So it's, it's not really just that they discovered that co comedy works. It's that they're giving chances to better writers that have a funny bent to them, I think. And I, I think they probably did stumble into that accidentally because of Downey Jr. probably improvising his way through a, a movie mm -hmm. or two. Uh, mm -hmm. but I think that you're right. I don't, but I, I also, th I also say that it's not, I, I don't want them to focus more on things being funny. I want them to focus more on, on being good. I don't, I didn't like Dr. Strange very much. I didn't like the yeah, portrayal of him. He's, it certainly wasn't charming like Iron Man. I, I'm but not. It's, it's more accurate to the comics. He's not very likable. He's not a likable 
character. Right. Which is, I think my prediction is that if he truly is the replacement for Tony in the new next phase of MCU, it's not going to work the same way. I, I, yeah. you know, number one, I mean, I, I love Cumberbatch, but he's definitely not, he's not, char- uh, he doesn't have the charisma no. that, that Downey has in the same way. He has for his aliens. own kind of charisma, but <laughs> for aliens, for like, yeah, for like, you know, when he's Sherlock, when he's kind of, you know, portraying a sociopathic weirdo, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's gripping to watch, you know, he's so good, but, but I, I don't fully, but I don't, if he's going to try to do, I don't know, it's, it's not going to work as well. Um, I don't think, uh, plus it's just not, it's Dr. Strange who cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but who cared um, about Iron Man? I, that's get, true. That's get true. better writers true. in, you know, and find the writers that are killing it. In the this Spider-Verse guys. Movie. Yeah. Get sure. the Spider-Verse guys. Get or get James here. Gunn. Get, sure. you know, get people who get the goofiness. Um, because, I mean, Tom Holland is clearly a good actor. Maybe he's not good at improvising that kind of humor. But at this point, come on, you can write it. Yeah. It can be written. And it's just it's a big gaping hole that I'll just I just don't get. So um, so that's I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm more excited going forward, uh, more curious about um, these TV shows than I I really am. Uh, definitely like I I know that they they finally announced that they're going to do another Spider-Man movie with Disney. You know, there was that that stupid yeah kind of new Coke thing, um, <laughs> happening. Right. And, uh, but I don't care at this point they're, they're over two for yeah. me yeah. Uh, because, uh, homecoming wasn't that great. Um, this, this one was even worse just cause it was more boring, just sure. more like it seemed purposelessness, purposeless. Um, and I, I also was waiting for, there was, I thought there was supposed to be some big reveal during this movie. Um, I, I felt like I'd even heard, you know, seeing things, I tried to avoid looking at as much of as I could on the internet about far from home, but it seemed like there was something percolating about a connection to spider verse and just, uh, you know, right. You know, I think I saw someone saying like, Oh man, Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire got to be psyched. I saw something out there. I was like, Ooh, does that, are they going to hint that, that those films and, you know, like Maguire, Garfield, into the Spider-Verse that it's all connected in the way that the Spider-Verse is all connected. And in which case I would have thought, okay, that's cool. And I thought that they were going to hint at that in this movie and they don't. Um, I know that, um, you know, they've been talking about multi, they did talk about the multiverse in the film and I thought, okay, here it comes. Oh wait, never mind. Yeah. Uh, and, (laughs) and then of course the next doctor, Dr. Strange movie is Dr. Strange and the multiverse madness or something. So maybe they'll get there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm more excited about these shows. This new footage that's come out with WandaVision looks insane. Uh, Oh, wacky. Oh man. It's, I mean, there's, I, 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 I've, have I actually watched it? I think I've just seen like a GIF of her. Uh, it looks like they're on the set of multiple TV shows, right? Mary Tyler right, Moore. Right. Uh, there's one brief clip where she's in full on Scarlet Witch classic costume, mm. but I get the idea. I'm guessing that the premise is going to be, you know, she's probably backsliding, um, yeah. since the death of vision and creates a, a, a reality where they're together. Right. Um, which 
that sounds awesome. I hope that's what it's, uh, that must be what's happening. I hope that's what's happening. Um, and of course, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, you know, say no more. I'm, I'm already excited about that. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, that's my take on the MCU. That's a great take, uh, brother. I think that, yeah. you know, you were, you, you, you start off by saying that everybody and their brother has done that, but I, I think you had some interesting things to say. I, I appreciated well, them. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised. I didn't expect the end of phase four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye bye. I, I didn't expect that 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 was your last movie. But I, I, I uh, you had you had good, good uh, facts to to back your, back well, your claim. You no, know, Spidey's my Spidey's my number it's, one it's guy. Tough. It's if he's not handled with care. I get angry. I know. It's, it's upsetting. It you know, is. which I, is why Into the Spider Verse was such. I I hadn't experienced that level of childlike glee wonderment yes. sense yeah. um you know i don't know who knows when yeah um and that's pretty much it i had a couple more things i could share with you you know our good friend ward used to sub in a in a show called the band's visit mm-hmm. um and they recently the broadway touring show came through town and i just wanted to urge people if you if you're living in a town and the band's visit is coming um please go see it uh it is one of the coolest musicals i have seen in a really long time the music is incredible there's a reason why it won so many tonys um the music is fantastic it's not musical music like cheesy white bread pop musical music it's it's very good it's great um very unique the choreography it's not you know it's it's not big broadway dance numbers it's very restrained very uh, subtle was the word the word used to describe it. Um, and it was, it's a show that's seemingly kind of about nothing and about everything. It's, wow. it's just very quiet. And I had no idea. I didn't know anything about it going in other than the award was in it and played cello and then he was on stage. So I figured the band was going to be on stage and they were, uh, just go, just go. You will love it. I promise. That's fantastic. Um, so that's, that's what I've been up to. I mean, I, I saw one more, th- actually l- 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 just indulge me. Cause sure. I, I, need, yeah. I need to tell you about this show. It's your podcast, buddy. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, so, uh, so uh, we saw the band's visit because, um, our, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, uh, oftentimes have, uh, tickets to shows. Uh, we saw the, the band's visit was at the Fox theater, which if, you, if you've never been to the Fox theater, it's, it's just one of the most beautiful theaters I've ever been in yeah. and just go, go see any show there. It just, it, it'll be, the show will be better just because you're at the Fox. Guar. Um, uh, what's that? Guar. Go see Guar there. They would never let go in there. <laughs> <They would. laughs> never. Um, but then, but then the Alliance Theater, a local uh, wonderful theater com- uh, here, not theater company, but theater, um, they oftentimes get a lot of Broadway preview shows. And I don't know if this one's being previewed for Broadway or not. But we, they, uh, Benji and Claire, my my brother and sister in law, um, had um, tickets to see a show called Maybe Happy Ending. And the only thing that they said about it was that it's about robots. Uh, Yeah, I said, great. Uh, Sign me up. I'm into it. And um, it's it's it was a huge. The show was originally produced, written and produced in Korea, and won a bunch of awards. And so they did, I guess, an American version of it. Um, It is 
Uh, I sadly cannot recommend it to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is really weird. It's a it's it's set in Korea. There's almost other than the the leads, the two lead actors are Asian. Other than that fact, there's very little that is Asian about it at all. Okay. In contrast to the band's visit, the music is extremely white bread. Uh-huh. Most most of it is. All the songs that the that these two robots <laughs> sing are just total like I, I could not sing you one tune. I you know, there's nothing memorable about it. And then it's contrasted with music by that um like 40s big band swing music, like like really Harry Connick Jr. style, so not quite in the 40s, but more like a an imitation of old time big band swing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Crooner, crooner, crooner style. Uh-huh. So it turns out that one of the robots, his old master, loved that kind of music. So they're inexplicably kind of numbers in throughout the show in that style. And then when the robots sing, it's just this white bread music. There's uh-huh. nothing Asian about it. I mean, I kind of wanted it to be like K-pop insanity, <laughs> and it, it was none of that. Anyway, the moment that uh-huh. I really wanted to share with you that I probably shouldn't share with you is that. Robots, you know, of course, they don't have really feelings necessarily. They certainly don't fall in love. Well, of course, these two robots do fall in love. And there's a scene. (laughs) There's a scene at the end where they they realize they're in love and they tell each other they're in love and they start kind of like holding hands and touching. And the the audience is super quiet, really quiet. And I just start laughing (laughs) under my breath, just like uncontrollably just like tears in my eyes because I, I started to get this this feeling like this urge started welling up inside me to yell at the top of my lungs, <laughs> let's see some robo fucking <laughs> And uh, I did restrain myself. <laughs> But not without a few tears of laughter shed. Um, because and it wasn't laughing at myself because I thought I was so funny, but just be, like thinking about what would these people yes. think if somebody yes. in the audience yes. yelled out, "Let's see yeah. some." Yeah. And yeah. So anyway, not the best show, but I did. But that part did did um, did tickle me. I love um, it. I love that. Anyway, so that that's what I've been doing here in Atlanta. I love it. Uh, that's my experience in life. That's, that's a great experiences. And I, I feel pretty great about this 10th episode of this podcast. I, I understand your, 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 uh, in, insecurity about this podcast, but I still really enjoy, uh, talking to you for an hour, brother. I sure do love you. I love you too, brother. And let's, uh, let's just go ahead and do this again next week and we'll, you know, Come hell or high water. We'll talk about hell and high water. That'll be the high waters, high quarters, the the crux of the podcast. (laughs) High waters are coming back. High waters. We're gonna start talking about hell and how it relates to high water pants. They are actually they actually are coming back though. Yeah. Anyway. Oh well. Uh, Until then, I'll 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 talk to you next week. Adios, adios. Come on in. Have a good old time